On July 2nd, 2021, 22-year-old Gabby Petito and her fiancé, 23-year-old Brian Laundry, embarked on a cross-country trip. They appeared to be the perfect couple when they set out to see the country and attempt to become social media influencers. That facade crumbled, however, when Laundry returned home driving the couple's van, and Gabby was nowhere to be found. Welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Ben, and tonight we are discussing the murder of Gabby Petito. So this is a case I assume most of our listeners are familiar with, though, um, you know, I, I don't think most people know every detail about it. I thought it would be a good time to, to put together like an Everything We Know episode um, about this case. And honestly, you know, I, I, I came across several details I didn't know myself when I did it. So I'm, pr- I'm glad I did. <laughs> well, all but. of the details will be ones that I don't know because I have intentionally avoided looking at anything on the case, uh, waiting on this episode. So, well, I, I couldn't do that. I was, I was following this pretty closely there when, uh, well, you know, obviously with when most of the world was, but, um, yeah, there, there were still things I didn't know, but let's, let's go ahead and get started. Um, so Gabby Petito and her fiance, Brian Laundry, uh, they want to become social media influencers. Uh, they want to, uh, become part of the van life culture and they want to document everything on YouTube and make a YouTube channel. And, you know, I, I guess most people know this, if they followed the case, but van life is basically where you just live out of a van and travel, you know, anywhere you want to basically they would camp in tents or they'd stay in the van some nights, stuff like that. But, you know, try to, they, I'm not saying they didn't stay in hotels, but you know, avoid that as much as you can. Right. So they're like van hobos. Yeah, yeah, kind of like, uh, well, I mean, it's it's a big thing these days, though, van life is. Um, I mean, it's not exactly like, like you know, Chris Farley living in a van down by the river, right? But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's more sophisticated than that. You know, you've got to keep up your appearances and everything, but it's, it's, it's a big thing right now. And um, they had actually uh, done a cross-country trip in, uh, in, in their car at some point and decided they wanted to do this. So they got a van. And on July 2nd of 2021, they, they set out on their trip and they're just, you know, they're driving around to different States, uh, going to different national parks, places like that. And they're documenting it on Instagram. They're taking videos for their YouTube channel. And actually that YouTube channel only has one video on it. It's the, their intro video, but there are, there's several Instagram posts, but there's really nothing strange about their trip until August the 12th. So that's the day that Gabby and Brian have an altercation in Moab, Utah. Uh, now two people were driving by and they, they saw Brian hit Gabby. Uh, so they called the police. Now, when, when police arrive on the scene, uh, the couple try to downplay it. Um, they're telling them, you know, they're in love. They just had sort of a, a spat. But, you know, the police do confront them with the fact that that a witness had seen Brian hitting Gabby. Now, Brian was really calm when he was explaining the situation. Um, And he said, you know, it wasn't as big a deal as it seemed to be. Gabby, though, she was very upset. She was almost hysterical talking to the police. 
but she was saying that, you know, Brian did hit her, but she said that she hit him first and that they, they shouldn't arrest Brian. She didn't want them to do anything to Brian. And, you know, obviously now everyone criticizes the police about this incident. Everyone says, you know, if the police had done something, they'd arrested Brian, then this would have happened, right? I mean, that may be true, but if she was telling them not to and said that she hit him first, I mean. Yeah, she, she said that she slapped him and she started everything. Um, but what the police did do in this particular instance is they had Brian spend the night in a hotel and Gabby stayed in the van to separate them for a night and let them cool off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's all of the actions they, they took there. They didn't make any arrests or anything like that. And I, Again, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure what they could have really done other than that. Because, I mean, if she's not going to press charges, you can't really arrest him. Not and, exactly sure how that works, but I think you're right. And obviously, you know, she was begging them at the time not to send him away from her because she wanted him to be there with her. I mean, obviously, she's going to try to go back to him, even if they tell them to separate, right? Right. So Their, their hands seem to have been mostly tied there. Right, yeah, and um, you know, I, I do agree. I wish there was something the police could have done in that instance, but I, I just not sure. I'm not sure that there was. Now, a few days later, on August 17th, uh, Brian flies home. He he flies from Salt Lake City to Tampa, and apparently, uh, this was just to to get some items from their house and to empty out their storage facility, and uh, then he flew back on August 23rd. Um, now I, I should point out, they both lived with Brian's family at the time in, in Florida, uh, and Gabby's family lived on Long Island, but they, they actually both lived in New York during high school and Brian's family moved to Florida and then Gabby moved down there to be with him. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he flew back and, and just empty out the storage facility and then he flew back on the 23rd. I have heard some people question this. About, you know, maybe he had already killed Gabby at this point, but right. that's, we're sure that was not the case. Um, okay. You know, when we get into some more facts. Because on the 24th of August, this is the day after Brian flew back, Gabby actually FaceTimed with her mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, she said she would, uh, she was leaving Utah and was heading to the the Tetons. And that's, that's in Wyoming, right? Now, we have a, a timeline of, of Gabby's last few days here. On the 25th of August, she was texting with her mom. And that's also the day she made her last Instagram post, mm-hmm. um, which some people say was a little strange because she was holding a little, uh, it looked like a little maybe crochet pumpkin. And uh, it said something about happy Halloween. But I think she was just joking around because she maybe she'd found this little crochet pumpkin, right? Uh, some people thought, oh, maybe it's her, you know, trying to say she was in trouble by doing something strange, but I don't really read that from it. Yeah, that does seem like a bit of a stretch. Now, on the 27th of August, she's doing some more texting with her mom. And again, this is just texting, but uh, if we can believe eyewitness reports, she's definitely still alive on this day. That's not someone else texting you know, with her mom. Okay. Uh, a woman named uh, Nina Angelo or Angelo claims that she saw Petito and Laundry fighting in a restaurant in Jackson Hole on the 27th. 
Uh, it was a restaurant called the Mary Piglet. And she remembered uh, it was the 27th because she remembered it being on their first day in Jackson Hole uh, okay. vacationing. And she said that Laundry was very angry. He was screaming at a hostess and that Gabby was in tears and apologizing for him. Did he have uh, anger management problems in general? Nothing that we know of, no, uh, in the past. I mean, obviously, it seems like he did with Gabby here, though, because we have an yeah. incident of him you know, having hit her in front of people, slapped her around, uh, and then you know all this yelling inside the restaurant in Jackson Hole. That's really erratic behavior. It is, yeah. Now, the the last text that Gabby sent or Gabby's phone sent was on August thirtieth. Um, it was a text to Gabby's mother, and it said, "No service in Yosemite." Just a short text like that, and just giving her a heads up. Well, that she went man contact, or did they think that was the, the, a lot of people think that was probably Brian that sent that okay. text. Yeah, so she on, could on already phone. be dead by this point. But they think she was she was likely already dead. And uh, the reason for that is that a woman named Miranda Baker claims that on the 29th of August that she and her boyfriend actually gave Brian Laundry a ride. Uh, they said he was hitchhiking near Coulter Bay, Wyoming. And he was and by he, himself. He was by himself. And he told them that he had been camping uh, out in a tent while Gabby was, or, you know, he just told them his girlfriend was staying in their van working on social media posts, oh, which that doesn't does make sense like to me them. anyway, right? Why would you split up so that, you know, one person can work on social media posts and another one can go camping? It just, it doesn't seem, it doesn't to make a lot of sense. Doesn't, no. Yeah. So, um, it's thought that it's likely she was already dead when that text went to her mother also because they, they didn't go to Yosemite. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. That'll do it. Now, September 1st, is when Brian Laundrie returns back to his family home in Northport, Florida. And he he's drove home. Yeah, he, he drove the van home. But Gabby's not with him. And I, I don't know what his family said to him about where, where is Gabby. You would think they'd be concerned because Gabby lived in their home with them for a yeah. couple years. I mean, a person is missing. Right. Uh, I don't know if he told them that Gabby's still out there. In Wyoming, I don't know how she would have been without the van. I don't know what happened, but so we don't know what story that he told them. No idea. Uh, we do know, however, that on September six, the Laundry family just goes camping together, which it would seem like they're not concerned about anything when they go camping. I, I don't know. Uh, That's if, bizarre. Yeah, and um, you know, all the while, uh, the the Petito family has not been able to get a hold of Gabby since the 30th of August. And they're, you know, they, they're used to talking to her. They're concerned. Um, they've attempted to contact Brian and his family, and they're basically just not answering the phone. Does that seem to be deliberate in hindsight? Uh, definitely seems to be. Uh, Gabby was reported missing on September 11th. And, once they report her missing, the police go to the laundry home to, you know, ask the family, ask Brian what's what's going on, you know, if they know anything about Gabby. Well, when they go to their home, the family basically just gives the police the contact information for their attorney. That's troubling. 
It's very troubling, right? Because they're already lawyered up waiting on the police to get there. Yeah. So it seems that they know something has happened. Right. And the, um, the attorney basically just tells the police that Brian has nothing to say on the matter. He has no comment. Now, at the time, this is a, a missing persons case, and it's, it's not a murder investigation. So, you know, the police can't really arrest him because he's not telling them anything. He doesn't really have a legal obligation to help them find Gabby, who is missing. Right. If that makes yeah. sense. Now, the, Even the though next, it's obvious that he has done something with her. It, it seems but, to be very obvious because he won't say anything. He's, he's quiet about it. They have no way to force him to divulge that, so. Right. And and at this point, the uh the case starts getting posted on social media, you know, that this missing person, Gabby Petito, uh, that she was trying to be an influencer. This is, you know, this is one of our own. It's it is that mostly spreads. the family. Well, it it's some social media uh true crime people picked it up and spread it, right? Okay. And that's it, it really just sort of caught like wildfire. Um and went all across social media and suddenly this is this is national news and obviously you know with that becomes a lot of pressure on brian and his family to give some information to talk right now on the 17th of september which is you know just a little less than a week after um gabby was officially reported missing the laundry family informs police that they have not seen brian since the 14th of september he had gone hiking and had not returned. So at this point, you have a, a search going on, you know, all around the Tetons and wherever, you know, the, they've been looking for Gabby. But now they have to start searching for Brian as well because he's hmm. gone missing and, you know, they need him. They need answers from him. Right. Do they believe the family that they hadn't heard for him, uh, heard from him since he left? Honestly, that we have no report if they believed them or not. Now, the the public, you know, social media, web sleuths, nobody believed them. At okay. The yeah. Uh, there Makes were, sense. I mean, there were people that had some, uh, <laughs> they had accessed some satellite shots of the laundry's home, and they saw what looked like a, a hand coming out from under with their garden beds and they thought that they had a bunker out there that Brian was hiding out in, in their backyard. Um, That's just all kinds of stuff. It, it, everyone thought they were hiding him, you know, uh, aiding and abetting. Just they were, they were trying to keep him hidden so he wouldn't get in trouble. Okay. Um, you had all these people saying, Oh, he's already in Mexico or Canada. Right. Just everyone's assuming that they are protecting Brian. Now, Gabby's body was found on the 19th of September. And this is just two days after the laundry family has said that Brian's missing. Her body is found in Teton County, Wyoming. And, you know, obviously they, they can't identify her immediately, but she is identified very soon. And we find out uh, from the medical examiner that she was strangled to death. Now, obviously this seems to be a crime of passion with her being strangled to death. Yeah. Brian is the number one murder suspect. Not surprising given the circumstances. And now police really need to find Brian. So the, the, the manhunt for Brian intensifies, uh, something very interesting about how they actually found Gabby's body is that when 
this case blew up all over social media. There were pictures of their van uh, all over the place, right? And a couple, another couple from Florida, see these pictures and they remember seeing that van on the side of the road one day as they were driving around in the Tetons. Uh, and they remembered it because they saw that it had a Florida tag and they pulled over and wanted to, you know, say hi to these other campers, right? Mm-hmm. But there was no one in the van. It was all shut up and dark. So they just, they went on about their business. So this could have been around the time of the murder then? Well, it seems to definitely have been because they reported that and where that incident was and police searched that area and that's where they found Gabby's body. Ah, okay. So that, that seems to be when, you know, around the time the murder was occurring uh, or had occurred and maybe it had occurred somewhere else and he was hiding the body. We, we don't know for sure. But at this point, as I said, there is a massive manhunt for Brian Laundrie and the, the theories are still going crazy. You know, Brian has escaped. His family's hiding him. Um, everything, right? And everyone really suspects the Laundry family at this point because... I mean, it's understandable. Yeah, I mean, they, I wouldn't say they've acted... I mean, they've acted strange. I I wouldn't necessarily say that they're acting like they're guilty, but it seems like they're trying to protect their son and they, they seem to know what he's done, right? Yeah. I mean, um, how could they not by this point? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, like, when the police come to ask questions and you just give them your lawyer's information, you're already ready with it, right? Yeah. That they they knew they knew this they had to have known that he had killed Gabby already. I mean, how? I mean, there's no there's what other explanation for their behavior is there? I have no idea though. the 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 camping trip they took on the sixth is what blows my mind, right? I mean, I guess it's possible he could have made up some story about where she was that you know they didn't think to question, but I doubt it. You you definitely think they'd question it? I mean, he comes home with the van without Gabby. This girl's been living with him for a couple of years. They should be concerned about her, you know? Yeah, definitely seems that way. At any rate, uh, the police just keep searching for Brian Laundrie. And the family has given them uh, ideas of where he may be, and they're not able to find him anywhere. On October 20th, the Laundrie family goes out with the search teams to search for Brian. And they hadn't been out searching with them uh, until now. They actually told police the night before that they were going to be going out with them the next day. And that next day is when Brian is found. We don't have an exact timeline, but it seems like they just basically led police out there to Brian's body. They found so they scared. already knew he was dead then? It, it seems like it. Uh, we we How- can't say that for sure. That Obviously, the, the laundries have not released that information. I'm assuming suicide. Uh, yes, it it was it was found to be suicide. They actually found skeletal remains along with some of his clothing, um, some of his other belongings, and a notebook. And they determined uh, his cause of death to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Now that notebook was well at the time everyone want to know what was in that notebook. It had obviously, it had been water damaged, but police said they thought that it could be salvageable and they could retrieve some information from it. But, you know, we've never gotten that information. And the, most of the information we've gotten about this is from, from announcements from the laundry family attorney, not from police. 
Uh, he's actually the one that released the cause of death being a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And, and that wasn't until November 24th when they, they found his body on October 20th. Oh. So they've, they've stayed really tight-lipped about it. And, you know, basically all of their communication with the media has been through their attorney. Well, how long would he have been out there after killing himself, do they think? Well, initially they told uh, the police that, that he left on the 14th of September and they didn't see him after that. Later on, they changed their mind and decided that he had actually left on the 13th of September. Mm-hmm. But regardless, uh, the 13th or 14th of September to the 20th of October, that's over a month. He's out there in Florida, his body, right? Yeah. Uh, and this, this area did uh, flood a bit. So, you know, the body's out in the open, then it's in the water, then it's out in the open again. This, and especially in Florida, there's, there aren't going to be a lot of remains left, I don't think. Yeah, that, that seems fair. Now, this is basically all the information, the real facts that we have about this case. Um, the police have not released much information, and I'm honestly not sure if they ever will at this point, because th- there's, there's, doesn't seem like there's going to be any kind of trial about it. Brian's dead. I mean, it um, seems like they'd want to satisfy the public that, you know, I mean, it seems obvious that it was Brian, but I mean, it's, since there's not going to be a trial, doesn't it seem like they would at least put the evidence out to, to show that they had the right guy? It does, but I, I wonder if it's not something that the laundry family's attorney is trying to prevent from happening. Um, That's very likely. I can't say that for sure. Maybe they cut some sort of deal or something, you think? Well, it it seems almost, it it seems to me that they obviously had to have cut some kind of deal. The way the family went out there and it seems they just led police to the body. Yeah. Yeah. That seems suspicious. Right. Um, I would say that, you know, and this is an assumption, obviously on my part, they probably cut a deal with police that, they would take them to the body if they got immunity for aiding and abetting or anything like that. Right. Because it seems obvious they knew that Brian was a murderer when he came home. Yeah. And they were trying to help him avoid, you know, prosecution for that. Right. Very, very little else would explain their behavior. I think. Right. Uh, And, and maybe they've, they've come to some kind of deal with the police as well to keep any extra information from coming out. I don't know. There just hasn't been any more information forthcoming, right? And I suppose if Brian Laundry's not prosecuted and it doesn't go to court, there aren't going to be any public documents about it, right? No, yeah. no court documents we can we can read. Though you would you would that think that'd be really that, disappointing. Well, you'd think they'd want to at least tell the Petito family what's going on, and then you know that would get out to the media. But you know, obviously, we we know that Gabby was murdered. We know that she was strangled to death. I mean, this, this obviously wasn't suicide, right? Yeah, of course. And we know that Brian comes home, won't tell anyone anything about it, won't talk to her family, doesn't tell her family anything happened. He's just mum on the subject. And he stays quiet until September 13th or 14th. He, quote unquote, goes hiking and never comes back. I mean, it seems pretty open and shut then. Right. I mean, I would still like to know the particulars. What was the inciting incident? It seems to me to be that 
their relationship was just seriously deteriorating on this road trip. You know, I mean, well, yeah, yeah. I just it seems like with no history of violence, it's just really difficult to believe that I don't know a, a couple spat could lead to murder. I mean, that's clearly what happened. I would just like to know the, the particulars, which you know, it's unlikely that we'll ever get. No, no, and perhaps, perhaps if we get the information in that notebook, it, it, it may actually have the information in it. It may give the particulars. You know, um, it, it could it could be a journal where he admits to everything and says exactly why he killed her. But, but we don't we don't know, right? And we don't know actually if if they were even able to get any information from it because it had been water damaged. Mm. But uh, as far as you know what had happened or any kind of incident like we're talking about there though. Let's just look at at what was going on at the time though. Like if you remember on the 12th, apparently Gabby slapped Brian and then Brian punched her or slapped her in front of some other people. The police came out. Now the, the story we heard from Brian though, was that Gabby got very angry at him because he got in the van with dirty shoes or dirty boots on. And that's what that fight stemmed from on the 12th. Which it seems to be a very strange thing that is to, weird. to you know, turn into this violent fight where they're hitting each other. Especially when you consider that defendants in those sort of circumstances often minimize their role. Right. I should probably say guilty yeah. parties in this case. Right, yeah. That, um, so we may never know what the reality of that argument was. And, and it seemed that Gabby was really trying to defend... Uh, Brian, she may not have even slapped him. She may have just said that to keep him from going yeah. to jail. Right. I mean, it's not uncommon for abuse victims to defend their abusers. I mean, if you, if you listen to the, the audio of it, which I, I've heard a lot of podcasts just play like 10 or 15 minutes of that audio just to fill time because there's, there's not that many facts in this case, you know? Right. But I, I don't want us to do that because it's kind of hard to understand it. But if you listen to it and it's all over YouTube, um, it, it seems like she's just desperate to not be separated from Brian and she's willing to do or say anything to keep that from happening. But remember, it's just five days after that, when Brian flies back home to Florida without Gabby and she and, appears to still be alive at this point. Yeah. She, she was definitely still alive at this point, but you know, that's as he claimed, uh, to his family at the time that was just to, you know, get some stuff they needed uh, to empty out the storage facility. They wanted to get rid of that bill. But maybe that's really just so they'd have some time apart because they are fighting so badly. That's definitely possible. I mean, it um, does seem like a like a strange trip home. Could that not have waited? Yeah, yeah I would think so. I would it doesn't seem like something so. particularly urgent. I, I don't think it was. I think it, I mean, I think it may have been urgent in the sense of they just had to get away from each other for a while. Right. right. And then, you know, he, he flies back on the 23rd and then four days later, they're having this terrible fight out in public at a restaurant. Right. Oh, this is when she was apologizing to the staff for him. Yeah. Yeah. He's screaming at the, uh, the hostess, according to the, the lady that witnessed it. Um, do we know if he was drunk or anything at the time? Uh, we, we don't know. I mean, there's there's no real way to to know that, though, right? Um, well, I just didn't know if maybe the uh, any of the witnesses saw him drinking at the time. And I, I don't have that information at all. No one has come forth and said that he was drunk. Okay. I would say that it's it's possible, 
But if you look at this, though, like you're, you're seeing some real rage from Brian at this point. Yeah, right? definitely seems like it. And and it seems like I'd say his mental state is is getting worse. It's, it's deteriorating as the time goes on here. And obviously they're not getting along. We don't know exactly why. It's possible they're having some money issues as well during their trip because uh, they they are paying for everything together. Mm -hmm. And he did say that when he was emptying out that storage facility, he wanted to, he wanted to uh, eliminate, they wanted to eliminate that bill, right? To to save on some money. Um, Now, I I can't say that money is the heart of their issues at all. I I don't know that. It could be something else completely. Could definitely be a contributing factor. Yeah. And as I said, he's just, th- this seems like real rage issues he's having right here. And it's three days later when that text that Gabby, you know, supposedly sent to her mom that said no service in the Yosemite, right? That was just three days after that. It's expected that he probably killed her, you know, on the 29th. And that fight was on the 27th. Oh. Or maybe he, he buried her. Right on the 29th, he may have killed her on the 28th. This sometime in that window, though. Sometime in that it. window, it was it was sometime between the 27th and the the 29th that, that he killed her. If these eyewitness reports can be believed, right? And they seem pretty reliable from what you said, because like they had information uh, that seems to be specific to them, right? And um and the medical examiner, you know, he he did think uh, that. It had been roughly two to three weeks since Gabby's body was found, or since she had been killed when her body was found. And her body was found on the 19th of September. Right? So three weeks would be very close to that uh, yeah. 29th of August. Yeah, that seems pretty reliable then. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know if we'll ever know what happened unless maybe we get that notebook or the laundry family comes forward and and tells you know if he told them anything and they let us know the latter i think is very unlikely because if if they were to come out and tell this story that they had told him they are implicating themselves and even if they have immunity they're implicating themselves in the eyes of the public and they're just going to get even more hate from everyone at that point right and they probably have it coming but yeah yeah, so I, unless police uh, release some information, maybe something they got from the notebook, I don't think we'll ever get the full story on this one. I hate that for a family, that they're at the mercy of the family of the guy who murdered their daughter. I completely agree, though I, I will say I I hope that even if we don't get that information, maybe police will pass that information on to them. To the family, yeah. And they can honest. get some closure. All right. Though, I mean, if I was them and they told me that, I would put it all over the internet. I would leak that everywhere, you know, because I would want everyone to know how guilty he was, right? Yeah, exactly. But as I said, this one is more of a, we have less sort of a mystery with this one. I mean, it is a mystery what happened, but basically we just have some facts to go over. And that's pretty much all the facts as far as this case goes. Now, this was a shorter episode and we hope you enjoyed it. 
But I do want to put in a tease for our upcoming episode. It's a really interesting case. It's decades old. Easily the most uh, the most recommended case we've had. Several right. emails. Well, years ago, Amy Mahaljevic was murdered. And this has been a mystery since the late 80s. However, just this year, new details have emerged. And I, I think that's really exciting when a case that cold has a person of interest, right? Yeah. 30 years later. So... I'm looking forward to discussing that one next week. We'd like to thank you for listening to Fact and Suspicion. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you'd like, subscribe, and possibly leave us a comment. If you have any feedback for us, or if you'd like to suggest a case for us to cover, you could leave us a comment on YouTube, email us at factandsuspicion at gmail.com, or contact us on Twitter at and Suspicion. If you'd like to further support the show, we are now on Patreon. We appreciate any donations, though our content will always remain free.